Hi, everybody. This is The Simpsons Show. I'm Robbie with my co-host, Matt, and we are here to talk about The Simpsons from the beginning. Matt, how are you? Robbie, this episode stirs up complicated feelings within me. I've got this weird tingle in my midsection that I don't, I don't understand, so I'm hoping you can help me uh, work through it. I don't, I don't know if I want to be involved with your tingles, Matt. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe let someone else handle that. Well, you forced it on yourself. Oh, good. We are not alone. Uh, I teased I teased it. I made it happen. He made it happen. Uh, we are here once again with Andrew Bloom with andrewblog.net and many other places on the internet. Andrew, how are you? I'm doing well, Robbie, and thank you for having me back despite my brief stint in college where I genetically engineered ponies. We're going to talk about those ponies. Oh, yes, well we, we are. Should. We got them on a clip. Oh, good. Matt got the pony clip. Good. I like that. Did you get the clop too? Clip clop. Yeah, I definitely got the clop. We both did it, Andrew. We both went to the clip clop joke. Um, hi guys, we are ready by sports on Patreon. You can support us by going to Patreon.com/slash The Simpsons Show for only two dollars a month. Gain access to all of our bonus material, bonus episodes, bonus mini-sode reviews of new Simpsons episodes, Rick and Morty, King of the Hill, uh, Bob's Burgers. God. News, hey, the new Simpsons episode is really good. You guys should go watch it. Yeah, season 32. It's good. Yeah, it's way better than, well, anything that we've done on a normal episode in quite a long time. <laughs> uh, yeah, probably. <laughs> I would probably agree with that. Um, this week's episode is Fraudcast News, episode FABF18. Originally aired May 23rd, 2004. Written by Don Payne, directed by Bob Anderson. Received a 5.7 rating with approximately 9.4 million viewers. The couch gag. Uh, this is a repeat. Family members fly, try, fly in dressed as anime characters. Astro Boy, Ultraman, Sailor Moon, S- Science Ninja Team, Gachamon, and Pikachu. Fraudcast news. The episode begins with Ken Brockman on the scene. Geezer Rock. Because it, it's a rock that looks like an old man. I'm personally shocked that he would use that term after having to apologize for his story on Freezer Geezers. Oh, that's true. You think the show remembers that at all at this point, Andrew? I'm not sure I remember anything at all, given all this happened. So, okay. I mean, I'm, I can hardly hold them to that standard. Fair enough. Uh, but we get a report on the scene. This is Kent Brockman, live at Springfield's most beloved tourist attraction, the man-shaped mountain crag known as Geezer Rock. Carved by centuries of wind and rain, Geezer Rock will soon be more than just a place for teens to have sex and commit suicide. Why did they cancel Futurama? (laughs) You crushed my boyfriend! You better be good at making out. Today, Geezer Rock will be officially designated a national landmark. What's a big deal about a rock that looks like a dude? I've got a dad that looks like a monkey. Bart, you promised you'd stop making that comparison. <laughs> per <laughs> our <laughs> agreement. Futurama. Suicide joke's funny, guys. I mean, he didn't actually die, though. He killed the other, they killed that other boy, that man. Other Exactly. <laughs> so it's totally fine. <laughs> He's fine. Homicide, fine. Suicide, bad. Homicide, murder is funny. Suicide is not. Those are, that's my line. They did mention Futurama. You guys know Futurama? It's the show Matt Groening also made. They got canceled, and obviously you would be so distraught that you would probably kill yourself over it. I mean, maybe so. Uh, but yeah, the family's there. Burns is there with Smithers. Blood and Tears is there. No sweat, though. Sweat didn't make it. 
So we we learn that Lisa is there to read a poem to commemorate Geezer Rock. Um, they make specific mention that there's a tree growing out of the face of Geezer Rock. Cue someone nudging nudging all the all the audience in in the in the ribs with an elbow, like, "Oh, look at that tree! Oh no, there's a tree there." Chekhov's tree. Chekhov's tree. Um, Lisa begins reading her poem, and then Homer. Homer in this episode is a problem. He's not good. <laughs> That's yeah. Homer is like the bad part of this episode. It, it 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 kills me because he's normally at his best in some ways, especially in later seasons when they don't make him the main character. When you can just have him be a funny side character, a lot of times that brings out the best in the writers. But here he is just this unfunny ball of sadness. <laughs> it doesn't. It it doesn't. It is like uh, Matt and I have been doing uh, some bonus episodes for the Patreon about looking at the evolution of Homer's character. And this is, it is, this is, uh oh, SpaghettiOs Homer. This is just, just doing wacky things to make plot happen. Because that is everything in this episode that, that they just, they just have Homer just do something. He doesn't ever have a reason. They, so, because, oh, so Lisa is reading her poem to the assembled crowd and then we see in the background homer free climbing a cliff face totally something he's capable of doing physically and mentally <laughs> homer must have incredible grip strength that's what i'm saying absolutely <laughs> is well, he... it seems like geezer rock is not actually that big because homer like he's only like four homers tall i guess true i don't trust homer's grip strength with his stubby fingers it seems like it'd be a bad mix that is true. That just He's actually you, part Spider-Man. Uh, that tells you how <laughs> strong his grip strength actually is, is that even with small fingers, he's able to just, like, uh, like mountain goat up the side of the mountain. And it's obvious that's what you... The second... Like, I haven't seen this episode in years. Years and years. The second... I don't, I don't remember anything about it, aside from the i burns buying stuff that's all i remember in the moment you see that tree it is immediately clear okay homer's gonna rip that out it's gonna destroy it and that's what happens homer uh, and homer and they can't even have it so that homer just walks up to the on top and like just pulls at it from the above he has to climb the side of it rip out the tree causes a rock slide as geezer rock falls apart big action sequence um everyone runs away Except for Mr. Burns. He's dead now. Bye, Mr. Burns. That was quick. I Covered in rocks, but and he's totally dead. That's the end of the episode. Bye. They're getting more efficient. Like, it was very <laughs> short. Got through the whole thing. <laughs> it's not the end of the episode, unfortunately. So we, uh, everyone's, I guess, everyone's just like, all right, let's go home. <laughs> we, like, I guess these rocks destroyed. Uh, but you think Homer might face some sort of punishment? For doing that? Nah, let's not even worry about that. No um, one even noticed it was him. Of course not. No one saw... Not everyone was looking at this giant rock and saw this man scale it and then rip out a tree and destroy it, uh, this at least state monument. I don't know if it's a national or not, but... That could have been any oath. It could have been. Lisa and the family are driving home. Lisa's sad because she didn't get to finish her poem. And Marge suggests that she self-publish. 
Why don't you publish your poem? Publish it myself? <gasps> Why not? I could put out a whole newspaper dedicated to The Rock. I'd be a publisher just like Catherine Graham. Or that lady who wheels Larry Flint around. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for including that terrible, terrible joke. I, it's, I think it's, it, it's important to portray this episode honestly, Matt. That is fair. So I feel like we need to address something here, which is why are the jokes so bad in the first act and seem to improve as the, the show goes on? Is it just that you get into the plot and you can make organic plot jokes and don't just have to throw in random comments about Larry Flint's caretaker? It's, it's just surprising and striking how god-awful all of these gags are in the first act. And it's just sort of, oh yeah, we got better at it. What, what happened? I, I mean... Here, this is, you want full-on cynical Robbie. Here you go, Andrew. They were like, well, we're not at the plot yet, uh, and we need to fill in the first act. Because the first act is very short, and it gets... it. I'm, I'm actually not a huge complaint about inciting incidents in this one, because it actually gets there within six minutes, which I think is the, the high end of my tolerance level. But I think it's like, we need to fill the, this first act up with something, so let's have some... We need a joke here. What do we got? Uh, well, we got this joke about Larry Flint's caretaker. Well, we'll throw that in. I was reading Hustler. Maybe we could do something about that. <laughs> I, I don't know. I think it is simply like, we need to fill in this first act. It cannot be three minutes long. So we have to have jokes in certain places. Um, Maybe they should have expanded the plot to fill that extra time. Oh, boom, tish. You're right, Matt. They should. That's that you made a joke, even though it's not a joke. Um, <laughs> It's what we call a like, trenchant observation, Robbie. <laughs> it's advanced humor, thank you. Matt, here, I'm going to also say, I, Andrew, you talk about the episode get, getting better as it goes along, and I agree with you, it does get better. I still, I did not have a single laugh in this entire episode. What? Really? There's some good gags, and there's some classic style gags in this bit. I, there are, I, I went, I, there, there are moments where I go, oh, that's clever, and oh, I like that. But never, I never went, ah, ha, ha. I never elicited the sound of laughter. I don't know. <laughs> Which is not... Well, you know what laughter sounds like. Yes, I can't. And I, again, I, I, I'm going to make this very clear. Like, I feel like this, it's a thing I don't... I shouldn't have to explain, but laughter is involuntary. If if it's something funny, it you laugh without controlling it. You don't have to force it. It just happens. And it never did. Um, Maybe it's just this Matt, first did act. Did you laugh? Ooh. Did you? Matt? Sorry, I'm trying to think. I definitely well, rolled my eyes at when Burns escaped as a snake. <laughs> uh, I rolled my eyes at the the snorses. Um, sorry, I was going through our next trying to find out. Did I actually laugh or did I just kind of roll my eyes at what was supposed to be a joke? Oh, I, okay, I did. I did laugh once when they offered, the, the when they were buying the Springfield shopper and they're like, oh, here's a giant bag of money. Here's a woman. And he what finally tips him over is the ice cream sundae. And I'm like, yep. That would have gotten me. <laughs> All right. Well, possibly the stupidest the... joke in the episode, but it worked. <laughs> I'll be the lone voice in the wilderness. I, I laughed a surprising amount at this episode. I had fond memories of it, but I wasn't sure. You know, something. Some of the things you have fond memories of are not always funny. They're sweet or kind or things like that. But I thought there were some good, good gags that I had involuntary laughter at. Um. I, Matt's Matt calling those horses snorses is funnier than anything that's in this episode. <laughs> well, they're they're ponies, horses, Daniel. obviously they're snorses. <laughs> I, they're snonies, snonies. 
that's true. They're not they're not horses yet, Matt. They're still snow. Sorry, still, so you're right. They are snowies. I will re- change the name of my clip. They're snowies. They're snowies, not snorses. Um, so Lisa's going to be a self publisher. And I, I, here's my other thing that kind of I thought I was thinking about the entire time is why isn't Lisa? Why isn't this happening on the internet? I think the people who watched The Simpsons in this era were two people. One people who lived and breathed the internet, and people who had enjoyed The Simpsons since the 90s and didn't understand the internet. And so I feel like the whole point of this plot is that uh, people... It's more understandable if it's a bunch of tiny newspapers than someone writing a blog. Which is weird because we've already had Homer write a blog and have a big deal. But I guess they just thought it was more digestible in the idea of a newspaper. More classic. I mean, maybe frankly, that's why that they'd already kind of done the internet blogger story, and this was a different way to present the same kind of thing. It's a different package for it. Uh, it's not that it's bad. Like it's not like that doesn't work. I think it's just it was a question in my head entirely because it's Lisa, and she is younger and is techn- technologically uh, uh, savvy. Like you would think, she would be like, "I'm going to make a website and publish my news and stuff." Um, so then we get um, Burns. You guys, he's not dead. They didn't kill a major character in a landslide in the first act of an episode? They, Weird. They didn't. And they also did not wait until much. They waited three minutes to bring him back alive. They did not wait very long. Burns just walks back, um, knocks a little bit of brain out of his head as he's talking to Smithers, puts it back in. I'm, I I just burns burns in the cartoonishness. This in this seg- sequence in particular is I I don't know I, I I'm not against Burns being like this otherworldly creature necessarily, but when you do it all up front like this, it just without having really earned anything yet. I'm just because Burns tell Burns is alive and he explains to Smithers how he survived and that. He compressed himself like a snake in like a little tiny passage underneath the rocks, ate bugs with a long lizard tongue, uh, slithers around in under there and drinks milk from a mother mole. This is, I'm not making any of this up. This actually happens in this episode. No, I, I, just so you know, everyone, our responses to this are exactly what they were during the episode. Shocked horror. And no laugh. <laughs> it's just I just I can't like I guys like I don't mind the cartoonishness at times, but you got to put some work in first. You can't just throw it at me and be like, okay, Burns is a snake man. Like how? Okay. Um. Well, and you also you have to parcel it out. If you have one outlandish Burns gag when everything else is relatively normal it's funny it works i think that's the ant bit later but when you have like nope he can slither like a snake and has a prehensile tongue and his brain falls out of his ears and he can spit out coffee and turn into a shriveled little piece of leather like it all just hits so fast that you feel like you're watching a chuck chuck jones cartoon you can't you can't go overboard with that or else it loses any impact so burns is back he's immediately alive again and that's i don't mind him not being dead like he could, yes, I don't mind him avoiding somehow avoiding death, but when they do all, like you said, Andrew, all in a row, oof. Um, Burns is alive again. Smithers is happy. He gets Burns back. Burns is wondering how everyone feels knowing that he died. 
certainly they are not happy he's dead, are they? Oh, no, they are. Let's see how the common folk are grieving for their fallen god, me. And so, a day after the tragedy, the town still mourns the loss of its venerable old man. Here it comes. Beloved by children. Ah, yes, the little ones. Thought to be thousands of years old. I have been 89 for a while now. We'll miss you, Geezer Rock. (laughs) Quickly, Smithers, rehydrate me. But one old man we certainly don't miss is the late C. Montgomery Burns. As owner of the Springfield Nuclear Power Plant, he generated both electricity and contempt. Thank you, Geezer Rock, for doing what none of us had the courage to do. Smush, Mr. Burns. This town cared more for a soulless piece of granite than for me. (sighs) I don't have a friend in the world. Okay, so that's not bad. Like, the, as a plot idea? Yeah, it's just they could have gotten to it a lot sooner. I don't mind the... Again, Matt, I don't mind the time in this. It's more the 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 the, the lizards and the lizard thing and eating bugs and suckling from a mole. It's just... It, I just... Why do you have to do that? Why can't it just be Burns being a human? Or at least semi-human? Yeah. Adjacent to human? Yeah, maybe he just got okay eating bugs. That would be funnier than the mother mole thing. Because people do eat bugs. And that's, it's just, oh, Burns is into something wacky, not completely insane. So we find, so Burns is upset. He has new friends. And his plan is to buy up, not to make friends. Smithers suggests, hey, maybe just be nice to people. So Burns is like, no, 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 we don't do that. Um, He's going to buy up all the media in Springfield. Dun, dun, dun. Oh, yes, at the end of the first act, we finally get to our plot. It's, it's, yes. Woohoo! <laughs> we got there. We got through the first act. Six minutes in, we go to commercial. And when we come back, we see Lisa publishing her poem, uh, which she has now reworked into a, a memoriam uh, for Geezer Rock. And we get a, a, quite frankly, a beautiful montage of people reading her poem, which is a really good poem. Um, it's a little big on the fanciful old time language, but honestly, it's a good poem. And the whole town reads it and loves it. And uh, they ask Lisa, oh, when's the next issue of your newspaper? And Lisa goes, newspapers have more than one issue? What a weird idea. <laughs> and I know that is like the least of the concerns for this. But I'm sitting here going, really? You could have called it a pamphlet if it was a one time thing. And then no one would have expected more. Or a zine. It's a zine. Or a zine. Zines come out irregularly. That's like by their nature. Well, I will say so. it's the poem is impressive, and I think it's an achievement for the episode because it's so easy to try to say like, oh, everybody was moved by this thing, and that's why they get so invested. But it's hard to actually come up with a thing that justifies why people would be invested in it. And I feel like the poem not only pierces that bit of sentiment that you could get folks to latch on to, but it seems like it would come from Lisa. It feels like the kind of thing she would write. It's a, a tough needle to thread, and they do a really good job with it. Absolutely. They, they do. It's a good poem. Yeah. So, uh, what happens then is that uh, Lisa decides that, okay, uh, if I'm going to put out a newspaper, I'm going to need a staff. And we'll get, this right here is is one of my quibbles with the episode. Hi, Nelson. What kind of journalism skills do you have? I don't know. Making nerds cry? Perfect. You're our TV critic. Ralph, what about you? I want to be a fire truck. 
Hmm. How about a feature columnist? Yay! I'm a feature columnist! Woo! Sorry, I just wanted to make sure you guys got the full woo experience. And honestly, this is a good gag. This is one of the gags I appreciate in the episode. I didn't really laugh because I feel like it's too short. Like, if Lisa was really putting together a newspaper, one way you could expand the actual plot of the episode and maybe cut down on the inciting incident uh, foo-for-a is Lisa needs more than two people. We see more than two people. We don't even see her recruit Bart. Like, that could have been a good scene. Is Bart, you know, showing some of his, you know, political uh, cartoons and maybe she hires somebody else to be the sports person. Like, um, what was the Lisa starts a news channel episode? What was the name of that one, guys? Girly edition girly edition that's right she there were more of this in that episode and I, I i worry that they thought oh we couldn't do that again for a newspaper but a newspaper is a completely different media and i feel like it really could have worked so i don't know i feel like this could have been expanded and could have been more interesting than a lot of the jokes they kind of worked with uh after this though we go to mr burns wandering around town uh letting people know oh just so you know i'm not dead and of course the whole town is surprised and horrified which you would be um, and Burns starts his media empire by buying Channel 6. Uh, and the guy who owns Channel 6 is, oh, you know, it's been in the family forever. Uh, no amount of money will do it. So he starts with a small sack of money and then a large sack of money. And then a woman pops out of the large sack of money. And once again, it's tempting. I hope that she is there of her own free will, but it's Mr. Burns, so you never know. But what gets the owner of Channel 6 on board is she offers him an ice cream sundae. And like I said... That's what would have tipped me, too, so I actually laughed a little bit. It's a good gag. I like that gag, too. Uh, uh, mm, nothing for me. Ice cream sundaes are wonderful, Robbie. I, I, hey, I love ice, ice cream. is great. No complaints about ice cream. I just... I don't... I don't... It doesn't... I don't know. I don't... I think the lady... Uh, I I don't know. It's not... I don't... Nothing... It uh, doesn't do anything for me. Yeah. The lady, I'm just I, like, oh, yeah, that's what they always offer him as a woman. Anyway. But it's it's the I like the bit of the escalation and then the ice cream sundae being the thing that puts it over the top. Like it's a nicely it's constructed like, gag. It is. It's like the ice cream sundae was the cherry on top of the gag sundae. Uh, I like your <laughs> recursive. I got a groan. That's all I wanted. Okay. So, <laughs> uh, we see a quick uh, bit of Lisa uh, running the newspaper. Um, she's pretty happy with it. Uh, she's uh, the basically doing a a mock-up of the hard-nosed chief editor, even though she doesn't mean like she's a, she's, a, she's a Perry White type. She's uh, a Perry White, exactly. Uh, uh, I actually, this is my the, the one the the one little gag that I actually thought was the best in this whole episode was where Bart calls her chief, and she's like, "Don't call me chief," jerk. and then he calls her jerk, and she's like, "Call me chief." I that was the uh, it's fast. Chief is, fine. chief is fine. I like that a lot. That's the I again. I don't know why that's the one bit that I was like, oh, that's that's fun. I like that. It's fast. It's a quick little gag. I, I the the and it's not and the plot is compelling to me. I I'm I like red dress press. I like Lisa running a newsroom. Um, I don't know. Maybe that first. I think that first act. Just if I'm doing a little bit of my own psychoanalysis, that first act really. <laughs> oof. It left a bad taste in your mouth. Mm. <laughs> Yeah, it tastes it like gets things off on a bad foot. Tastes like mole milk. <laughs> oh god. god. Okay, we're gonna push past Ugh. that. Uh, the Ugh. next uh, step in Burns Media Empire is the local radio station KBBL, and uh, we get to revisit the wonderful duo of Bill and Marty. 
You're on the morning zoo with Bill and Marty. What's your Wednesday wine? Well, first of all, I agree with you two. It's sheer humbuggery that pretty girls can flirt their way out of speeding tickets. <laughs> no support for the naughty hotties. <laughs> Secondly, I want you to pack up and get out. I just bought this station and you're fired. And play that delightful flush sound on your way out. Yes, sir. <laughs> Indoor plumbing. The lack of it killed my mother. So, yes. Uh, we get jokes about Burns' mom dying and Morty and radio. Uh, and that's just the way it goes. Uh, the Springfield Shopper uh, is now owned by Burns, as uh, we saw. And Smithers is the editor. And there's a quick bit of them, you know, uh, making a writing an article about uh, Burns being back and everyone being happy about that. Because if you tell people everyone's happy about that, they'll just go along with it, which is sadly true. And I really feel like they could have used the extra time in this episode that they wasted in the first act commenting on how Burns's strategy is working because people are very gullible. But we don't get into that. We just get into the fight between Lisa and Burns. I totally agree. I wish there was more of it, but I feel like we get at least a little bit of it, especially when like Lenny and Carl seem to just agree with the last thing that they read. There's There's touches of it, and they could definitely have expanded it. Yeah. I mean, that's my oh. largest complaint about this episode, frankly. Like, the first act is pretty bad, but there's a lot of bad first acts lately. So I'm not going to like, oh, no, the first act's terrible. And it's not, I don't, I didn't think it's terribly funny, but I could still respect the fact that it's relative. It's like, it's well paced. It is about what it's about. It doesn't just wander off in a lot of different tangents. It is, again, it's like this, it, it feels toothless to me. It doesn't feel targeted. It doesn't feel like it has a, a perspective necessarily. Like, Burns is bad because he's done this. I'm like, okay, but why? Like, give me yeah, more... Why, why, why did Burns do this? What result does it have on the town? I, I guess I, I feel like they, they, they answer that question. Like, he does it because he cares about his legacy. He's cared about how he is remembered. His motivation is pretty clearly established in the first act. And then you proceed in the effect that it has on the town. Like, he's... Uh, Lisa writes her op-ed. He's staunching free and independent thought in the town. And that, that's the effect that it has. And that's what is worried about. And Lisa goes and inspires people to recover it back. Like, I think the the target is pretty clear, especially at the end when they uh, speak fondly about Rupert Murdoch. I, I, I'm not saying it's the most incisive satire that there's ever been in the world, but I feel like they're they're very clear and very direct about what they're doing. Okay, here, Andrew, and maybe in 2004, this is fine. But in year 2020, I find this incredibly tame and, and kind of boring satire. Like, I don't, and maybe I maybe that's unfair to judge it by that, but I can't help that I'm watching it now, where we are suffering both from everyone on Earth having a, a way to share their terrible viewpoints, and also giant news corp companies basically conglomer conglomerizing monopolizing a uh, perspective and when they go oh burns does this because he doesn't want anyone to say something bad about him and then lisa's like Man, that no sounds familiar i can't imagine ever having the, a rich person like that yeah especially in a position of power and when lisa is like <laughs> especially in a position of power it's terrible when something like that happens and Lisa's like, yeah, for, for, it's important we all have our own viewpoints, and it's important we do that. And then, and we'll get to the Rupert Murdoch joke, I, but I just find it all very, like, 
the safest version of this. Like I, it, you're right. It's not like they don't do anything, but I want more. I want it to be harder. I want them to be more cutting. Like it feels like, I don't know. It is a criticism I have of a lot of post golden years episodes when they try and do satire. It's just kind of boring, toothless. It's like, Oh yeah, this is bad. I'm like, I know everyone knows it's bad. Simpsons. No one, most people agree that it's bad regardless of your political, political viewpoints, but another one or two more steps more than just staring at the camera no i don't know well we'll get to the itchy and scratchy bit but i feel like they're more pointed than just about the pro burns propaganda that what he's using his media monopoly for and i don't know i think you have to take it as as you find it our media landscape is 2020 our media landscape in 2020 is very different than the media landscape in 2004 and i can it's totally fair to not be able to connect with the episode because of that but I don't think it's a criticism of the episode for responding to the media climate that existed then and not to the media climate that exists now. I would also probably argue that if I hadn't just watched, um, why can't I, I just, I already forgotten the name of that terrible episode. Um, Bart Mangled Banner, literally. Oh God. Like, I, <laughs> I, we literally just watched Bart Mangled Banner, which is again, is also satire. And it just makes me, and it like was again, like aimless and insane. You're, I, 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 it, it doesn't, it makes it look like when it, they do it more confidently, it makes it look like an accident, <laughs> which isn't nice, I guess. But I just, I feel like sometimes are they doing this on purpose or is this just, they're accidentally making something. I mean, Bart Mangled Banner could turn anyone off of satire, so I'll give you that. <laughs> that's, that's that's gonna we're gonna put that on the back of the box, Andrew. <laughs> on the back of the whenever you sell Bart Mangled Banner, uh, it's so bad it makes satire all satire terrible forever. Oh, true but sad. <laughs> Next up, we get a Channel Six uh, debate between Ken Brockman and Bubarella on how great Mister Burns is, and they have to agree, and it's. It's bad. I mean, it's it's pointed satire, but it, it could be better. Uh, what, as I think Andrew mentioned, the itchy and scratchy is a little more interesting because it takes itchy and scratchy that the kids love and basically gives it a pro-nuclear power, anti-wind, anti-protester, uh, pro-Mr. Burns message that is just absolute blatant and would totally work if you threw this into a what a kids watch today Dora the Explorer episode <laughs> you would absolutely be able to manipulate Dora kids this way and it's terrifying that's the poll match I don't that's... know what kids watch <laughs> they watch random you do random new, they, uh, they watch YouTube, YouTube channel they watch toy unboxings on YouTube that's what children and Minecraft videos oh, that's what God. children they watch four hour long videos of people playing Minecraft which is fine. I also play people. I also watch people play video games a lot, so I'm not, I'm not criticizing. But there, I, 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 I thought the anti-protester episode of Baby Shark went too far. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, wait, there's a Baby Shark TV show or YouTube. Oh, show? Robbie, you do not have enough little children in your life. That's not. That's Matt. That's not me. But I, I, I'm aware of Baby Shark. I have plenty. I have zero. That's that's the correct number. <laughs> <laughs> I I I like and I think that's the it's this is another question to me that is kind of unrelated to this episode in general but it also is this is I guess attached to the legacy of the Simpsons as a whole given that it was born out of kind of 60s sitcoms and prior and that that era's fears and wants and worries about nu nuclear power 
because most i think i don't know there are they're probably i i don't want to speak for everyone but i feel like most most people who are 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 pro environmentalism at this point are have turned a corner on nuclear power and that it's relatively clean compared to a lot of other options and probably be right there alongside as an option alongside wind and solar powers as choices so seeing and like that's not a fault of this episode because i think it is it's still a thing the simpsons do now they still have mr burns being like no one trusts nuclear power and certainly there are people who don't trust nuclear power but i feel like environmentalism environmentalists are not necessarily those people not there are some who are like that that are still super militant about nuclear power being bad and to be fair they have issues with the government or the governing of nuclear power which is a concern but in general nuclear power is kind of necessary we we really need it so you know i just it's like i like this itchy and scratchy cartoon i think it is i want this whole episode to be this though that's my that's what i'm saying andrew like this is good i want this whole episode this i just want this tone I want this just hard over and over and over again. And it kind of just bounces back down to a little tamer level. Um, yeah. I, well, I, I will say that one of the gags that I laughed at the hardest in this episode that I feel is both pointed and in the style of the classic bits is Itchy going like, God bless America. This cartoon was made in Korea. Like it's, it's the kind of flip and swerve and dig at what mr burns is doing and what the, the sort of hypocrisy of these things that i agree i wish there was more of it but i think it's 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 built well despite that i like this i like the itching scratchy cartoon that's what i think that's the part that might be a problem even that it was just like it it sets the example for what i want and it like it just doesn't the rest of this episode is just like oh we have to be boring again i'm like okay go back to i'm that's fair. Uh, so <laughs> that's, I mean, no, it's not. That's, 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 that's all we got at this point. That's that's fair. So uh, at this point, uh, we see nuclear power is good. Uh, Lisa, uh, being you know the firebrand that she is, publishes an emergency edition uh, of the Red Dress Press to basically kick back at Mister Burns and make it obvious that he is doing terrible things. Uh, Mister Burns, of course, sees this and is like, uh, "No," and demands a meeting with her. I'm sorry, Mr. Burns, but my paper's not for sale. Maybe a little gift will change your mind. Send in Sugar Bill. Oh, she's very pretty. But the answer is still no. Honeysuckle, do drop. They're so beautiful, and their breath smells like peppermint. No, no, I won't take your blood ponies. Go on, sweetie, go on. Shoo! Very well. You had your chance. I'm going to shred you like a Christmas card. Now get out! I can't. My mom's not picking me up for an hour. So... What do you think of today's popular music scene? I think it distracts people from more important social issues. My God, are you always on? Yes. Yes, it turns out when people have deeply held core beliefs, they are always on. Weird how that happens. I, I heard one of you snickering during that clip. I heard it. That I, was Robbie. I was not snickering. I, I was. I was. No, I heard someone sigh, and then I laughed at that. I was not laughing at this clip. 
I do think Matt calling these sno- snorses and then snonies is still very funny, and that is in our notes, so I am laughing at that. But I don't. It's the the pony like the pony bribe is like okay, that's interesting, that's something. At least turning them down again, good. Why are why do the ponies have to have snake tongues? Why can't well, they? Obviously, they were genetically engineered, which is also an evil technology, of course. Why can't they just be regular mean ponies? Like, is that not allowed? Somebody behind the scenes clearly has a fascination with prehensile tongues. You get it from Mr. Burns. You get it from the ponies. Somebody just like watched National Geographic and saw a snake's tongue and got fixated on that. It's clearly the answer. I also, I am also gonna. I'll be, I'm going to be the Lisa, I guess, when, like, and Matt alluded to it as well, we're both Lisas, uh, I guess, in that, hey, writers, I see you writing that joke about how you write, you, you write Lisa, okay? I'm going to, Lisa is not a real person. <laughs> I can't state this enough. So many, I get, okay, guys, here another, I'm talking directly to the audience in this case. I get emails from people all the time. Over the course of the, I've done this podcast, probably over a dozen of them. And it's always about Lisa, all right? I get people complaining about <laughs> characters. It's never about any other characters. It's always, they always hate Lisa. And I don't know why they're emailing me, because every single podcast, all I ever talk about is how much I'm a Lisa. I love Lisa. She's my favorite character. I don't know why on earth they would, doesn't matter. I get all these emails about how they hate Lisa. I'm like, Lisa's not a real person, guys. She is a television character. She does not control what she says. <laughs> yeah. What you're saying is you hate the writers and the positions they give her. The writers control how Lisa acts and talks. So Lisa didn't decide to say that she thinks music uh, distracts people from the real issues. The writers made her say that. And then they also made Burns make fun of her for it. So what they're really doing is making fun of anyone who is weird. She's basically in a Cold War right now with Burns throughout this episode. And then he's trying to make small talk where they I'm looking at this like in kayfabe. She is at war with this gentleman. He's trying to make small talk with her. So and she's trying to deflect. And then he makes fun of her for not having an opinion on music. Like Burns is the person like I hate these types of jokes. Like what? Yeah, oh, Lisa's a wet blanket. You write her like that. Don't have her give her an actual answer. I don't know what you want me... Like, what are you doing? You're making fun of your own writing. I'm done. Okay. Well, with Robbie being done, that means we're done with Act 2 and we go to a commercial. (laughs) No, 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 I'm not done. It comes back. (laughs) Now you have to talk about this. Where it goes. Anytime I think I'm out, they pull me back in. Yeah, I I just... I I can't take it when they do that thing. Um... So Act 3 begins 13 minutes and 8 seconds in. So long, like, again, 6 minutes first act, 7 and, and change for this in the second act. And again, about uh, roughly, like, I, I think the acts are paced well. Uh, we begin with action while, because Burns has goons. And they're targeting Lisa. Um, they, they run uh, the family off the road and they end up in a rattlesnake sanctuary. Where's... Again, somebody's fixated on snakes. <laughs> I guess that's fair. I didn't think about it. There's a lot of it in here. Um, uh, where's Barry White when you need him? Yeah, right. He'll save you. Um, so Burns is targeting Lisa. Um, and everyone is quitting the newspaper except for Ralph, who gets poached by the what Chicago Tribune? Is that what they? Yes. 
with his story on I can go on was it the school bus or something like that. I can get on the can I get on the bus or I can get on oh, the bus? It's a, we we skipped over the gag about Ralph's Oscar picks with his finger up his nose. Um, I, you know, I think I, I think I'm at the point where I feel like these gags are so so targeted. Like, are these are there a lot of like are these just jokes for the writers who like or want to critique uh, featured writer feature writers in newspapers? Somebody was clearly passed over for their feature writing job. Okay, I <laughs> still better about or got fired. And also, like, yes. I don't know. There's a lot of newspaper jokes in this, which are like very not, not super topical in the year 2020, unless they're about how they're all going out of business. Like, there's not. <laughs> it's it's it feels like again, this is like it's dated in that like no, there's there's just not many. There are a lot of newspapers just don't exist, um, or a lot less jobs exist. So. Everyone quits except for Bart. And I like this moment in particular. It's a very good, like, Bart is still there drawing cartoons for Lisa. There, He's still in it to win it with her. You know, it's, I, you know, whenever you get the family to bond, whenever you get Bart and Lisa to bond, really like it. Um, Burns, in turn, turns off their power. So this is very, it makes me think of, like, I never remember the name of the episode, the Union episode. No, last dead, Exit to Springfield. Last Exit to Springfield. Turn off the power similar situation uh, it works and then you have what could be a moment of really of good drama good catharsis we have homer come in and he plays the spice girls on a boombox with some batteries yeah. really is the worst in this one <laughs> like yeah I, I mean it's either that or the the mother bowl thing one of those is the worst two jokes in this episode and it uh, it might be the spice girls and i i think like they just threw it in because they needed a joke here, and they said, well, we haven't had enough Homer this episode. What, I'm trying to remember, didn't they do basically the same gag with him in a plug-in Santa Claus? Has that happened yet, or was is that yet to come? I, I believe that the plug-in Santa Claus is what caused the whole neighborhood to get a blackout because it used too much power. It, it feels like it's basically the same bit. They, they yeah. have used this Homer dancing to pop like spice girls effectively like music like this joke like five times in the last two seasons i think and it's it just it's never good it never is good and i they couldn't have put it in a worse spot like it feels like this episode is it constantly at war with itself if maybe that's the tingle you you felt matt where this episode feels like is at least to me like every moment i'm about to get i'm about to buy in i'm about to get like oh man lisa is struggling and she's having some worries and concerns, and the the, the deck gets more and more stacked against her. All of her all of her friends have quit the newspaper. All her powers out. She can't make it. She can't make any more newspapers. And then you're like, all right, I'm ready for her to her face these face this trouble and find a way through it. And they just put and every every time Homer is there doing something incredibly stupid and obnoxious and messing with the tone of the episode and i just can i it's okay for me to feel sad a little bit guys i'm watching this episode about this little girl struggling it's okay for me to feel sad for a moment i don't need homer to levity it up i got it i'm good if you don't get a certain amount of jokes per minute you will forget that the show is a comedy so they're legally mandated <laughs> to include them whether they're funny or not <laughs> I don't know if you have a sense of humor. I'm not supposed to, sure you would realize this is supposed to be a joke. <laughs> Otherwise, maybe if you don't have a sense of humor, you would realize, ah, yes, 
this is the humor I have heard so much about. This must be a comedy. <laughs> oh, I read about this in the Paris Review. It's, this is this is a mm. this is a joke written by Tommy Wiseau. Again, it is this alien who came to Earth. <laughs> <laughs> Look, let's not say things we can't take back. Okay? Oh God, Robbie, that's that hurts. <laughs> I mean, it's what this is. Like that is my go-to now, where it feels like. They just—it's someone who's watched The Simpsons one time. They're not from. They don't speak English natively. Everything's removed, <laughs> so they write. They're like, "What's a funny joke?" And and the, the the writers' room is like, "What's we need a joke here to lighten things up a little bit." And Tommy Wiseau walks in. He's like, "Oh, uh, Homer. She he plays Spice Girl. That funny. Everyone laugh." <laughs> Petition for Robbie to do an entire bonus episode in his Tommy Wiseau voice. Oh hi. Oh, hi, doggy. Like, it's literally, it's just that. It's just these moments where I'm like, and it, and, I, and it takes me out of the episode. It makes me think, and I, like, I want to like you, Simpsons. I want to like this episode because I think it has a lot of good things going for it. It is leagues better than Bart Mangle Banner. But still, why is Homer Blake Spice Girls briefly in this moment of darkness and sad? Because they don't want you to feel too sad? Like, I, sometimes it's okay for that to happen. Um... And then we get and and here this would be the moment that would bring us out of that sadness because Lisa goes to school she's upset Principal Skinner shows up to help. Stupid burns cuts off my power lowers my credit rating. Uh, Lisa, I think I can help you. You're not mad about Principal Skin Rash? <laughs> Are you kidding? I love it. I once had a principal like that. Now come with me. What's that? This young lady is a Mimeo machine, a hand-operated duplicating device. No electricity needed. We, I did not include the Vietnam flashback. Um, Thank you. That, that, I thought that was, again, one of the weaker points of the episode. <laughs> it's, oh, it's also stretch, it's starting, it's beginning, we're in 2004, it's beginning to stretch credulity that Skinner is still a Vietnam vet. Yeah. But you just have to. I was... He's supposed to be, in, even if he was like in his fifties and just very well aged, like, oh yes, I was reunited in nineteen ninety one. Like, okay, <laughs> they they just have to keep moving it forward, like with Punisher. Yeah, they, it's making a different yeah. war. It's there's there's plenty of wars to choose from, guys. We're not not a great. I haven't stopped picking fights with people smaller than us. Yeah, you can continue <laughs> to do that. It's like it's perfectly. You have to sliding time scale it. Come on, guys, you got to study. So. But there is this moment of like, oh, Skinner's helping Lisa. You know, he she has her allies around town. Like the town is not given into Burns uh, completely. Like there's there are people there who are still fighting with her. That's and like again, this would be the moment that you oh, it's more hope. This back and forth, this war. Um, so now Lisa has uh, has a new way to publish her newspaper. So she makes more of them. So Burns, we're back to Burns. And he calls for the he goes calls for League of Eagle League of Evil. Uh, they are all dead. Apparently not from age, just because he killed them all via asphyxiation. Even monsters need air, sir. Um, they're all dead. So <sighs> the episode again was getting too good. So they had to call in Homer. <laughs> <laughs> That's the cruelest way to put it. <laughs> It's, people might like this too much give us more captain wacky is it is is it a lie am i lying 
You're not wrong about the result. I think you're probably <laughs> yeah. wrong about the intent. Oh, okay. Well, that's because that's what it feels like. It feels every time I'm about to like really like this episode, Homer shows up and does this stupid thing for literally no reason. Because Burns... Takes the drugs. Why? Here, Why? here, here. Oh. Wait, wait, Andrew. I have a clip. As Homer meets oh, with meet Homer meets with Burns for some reason. So, has your daughter always been such a righteous little rebel rouser? Oh yeah, she's always trying to improve mankind. Fascinating. Do go on. Wait a minute. Are you trying to get dirt on Lisa? Oh, you saw right through me. Well done. Have some congratulatory drugs. Well, if that's your custom. Now, tell me more about your daughter and speak into the lamp. Okay. Well, she's into Buddhism, whistleblowing, totally against pollution, no matter what I say. Liberal wacko, eh? Any young booze? Well, that loser Millhouse has always had a thing for her. Don't you love it when nerds don't know they're nerds? Yes, there's nothing more pathetic than self-delusion, eh? <laughs> Ooh, hello, beefcake Charlie. <laughs> wow. Yeah. I do like the name Beefcake Charlie. It's funny. Name. Well, yes. Uh, I like how Burns fakes seeing himself. That seems like yes. the kind of thing he would do. Uh, and it, it ties into his self-image gags that are going on throughout the episode. It's like a flower that grew out of a pot of dirt. So why does any of this happen? Because we need one ultimate obstacle that is caused by Homer that hurts Lisa, but then Homer can come and help save the day and redeem himself. It's for the emotional trajectory of the episode. What? what that, that's my thought, at least. What, but this is a Lisa episode. Homer's not really involved. Homer has to be involved or they won't know it's The Simpsons. <sighs> whenever, ah, whenever ah. he's not on screen... They should be asking, "Where's Homer? Where's Homer?" I, I just, I just. Do they not know what they're doing? Do they not see that this is Homer? Like that Homer has become Poochie. I don't believe they do, Bobby. I would just say I think this moment would work a lot better if you hadn't spent the previous two thirds of the episode having Homer being dumb and unfunny. I think there's a good story you could dredge up and excavate here about Lisa feels she's alone. And then when she's at her lowest hour, her brother, her principal, her father come out of the woodwork. And even when things have gone badly, they support her and make things better. And I, I think you can do a good bit here where Homer screws up, but then helps fix things and ends up giving Lisa the victory that she needs. It just it doesn't work with all the other dumb stuff that they do with Homer, including the idiotic thing that he does to fell her in the first place. Like if there was some if Mr. Burns had manipulated him in any reasonable way, as opposed to just randomly convincing him to take tray fulls, trays full of drugs, it would be different. It's just Homer is just the worst in this one. And, and it kills me because there's a better way they could have done it. And they wouldn't have had to change that much. I mean, that's the, that is the thing, though. It's they don't like Homer. If he's going to make this, if he's going to make a mistake and then redeem himself, he has to make the mistake out of good intentions, not out of plot armor. Like this is the the only reason he does this is because they need the plot to happen. There's no other. Why on earth does he just take a, a and, and then and frankly, none of this information is damning. Like, I don't get am I supposed to like. 
this is public information. Everyone knows this stuff. This is none of this is secretive. You know, if there there's no gotcha here. You know, like there's certainly you could have a gotcha moment with Lisa doing something that she didn't really think much about, but then burns. Ha I got her. Those happen all the time in real in the real world. This is just oh, Lisa's a Buddhist and a boy has a crush on her. Like what is? I don't get the the gotcha in any of this. I think the Millhouse pit works. I think that would be embarrassing to have plastered all over I, the okay, place. I, embarrassing. Especially the moon. It's embarrassing, but again. That's the thing that Lisa goes, oh, I have to quit. We just saw her power get turned off. No, no the, some knowing that, oh, no, a boy. I, like, I, <laughs> he goes from trying to shut her down to trying to attack her personally. Like, I, I, I agree. I think you need better material. I like the Millhouse thing, but I think you need better material otherwise from Homer. But I don't think it's a crazy idea of like, OK, he's tried all of these means to stifle her, and then he just starts slinging mud at her. I think that turn could work. I don't mind, like, the... Yeah, I agree that he should... I, I, I want him to just have a better better ammunition. Like, Homer does all these drugs for no reason, and then tells her things that everyone knows. This is not... I don't, every episode, every Lisa episode has a Millhouse joke in it. I'm supposed to go, oh no. Not Millhouse. Oh no. Oh no. Oh no. So... Okay, Lisa's at her wit's end because Burns is spreading information, on, especially in putting on the moon as well with lasers. That Millhouse likes her, or she they are in a they're a, like or kiss is Millhouse that is it that literally Millhouse is such a pathetic child that the simple inform this the information that Lisa might like him is is crushing. Is that what I'm supposed to get she, from that? She got the dud. We don't we don't talk about Millhouse. Oh, we don't we don't talk about Millhouse doesn't count. Millhouse doesn't count. Um so Homer is uh Homer realizes that he's done something bad, I guess, and realizes he must make up for it by doing something good. Well, I can't stand seeing one of my children like this. Oh, I can still hear her. I better do something. Look at you go! Typey type type type. March, I'm pulling an all-nighter for my little girl. Put in a pot of coffee, drink it, and start making burgers. Mm. Some anniversary this is. The Homer Times. All my daughter ever did was tell people to think for themselves. I may be her father, but when I grow up. I want to be just like her. Except still a dude. Oh, Dad. This is so sweet. But I've learned one little paper can't make a difference in this world. Which then we get the the a uh, the sequence that effectively ends the episode where we get a bunch of people in new- their own newspapers. But before we move on to that. So Homer writes this, writes his own his own paper, his own edition. Talking about how he loves his little girl. And it's nice. I like this. It's good. It's well. It's like Lisa's a, a hero. Of his. That's that's a sweet sentiment. That's what we've seen before and probably should see more often. Absolutely. But why do we have to have like a, the, 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 the stinger at the end? Oh, but there's still a dude. Like, I don't. Is that. Do we need that? Like, is 
this we have this sweet moment did they go oh that's too nice homer has to be like have a weird like gender thing going on we don't put in a certain quotient of jokes people will not remember that this episode is supposed to be fine so we get this ending montage where everyone is making newspapers about they're they're making their own newspapers about the quizzes about who's patty and selma and we get the technically an ending See, Lisa, instead of one big shot controlling all the media, now there's a thousand freaks Xeroxing their worthless opinions. I couldn't be prouder. Are you a Patty or a Selma? Take our quiz. Well, blow me down. I'm a Selma. Well, I guess it's impossible to control all the media. Unless, of course, you're Rupert Murdoch. He is one beautiful man. I couldn't agree more. Smithers, I'm a proud fellow. And it's not easy for me to admit defeat. But I know just the thing to make me feel better. Shopping. And then we get... This ends the episode. That's the last thing anyway. That's the last line in the episode. Because then we get a montage of Burns shopping to end the episode. Robbie, are you trying to tell me that you think we should have ended this episode on Lisa being happy that there are other viewpoints in the world that are being spread besides just Burns? And then they should have cut it off like right there and said, hey, this is a sweet moment. The good guys have won. We don't need a, a stupid, idiotic joke and a plea to our corporate masters to end the episode on. Is that what you're trying to tell us? <laughs> I, I mean, that's a good. I don't know if I'm saying exactly that, Matt, but that is. I agree with that. Like you're, you're oh. not, you're not wrong with that, all these said. Um, I, uh, it's, just, it's, just, it kind of is again. It's again. It's just like we have to end on. If it was a, if it was funny, I would not have any complaints. If it was, hey, we're going to end with Burns being rich and having, like, doing a thing, be like, okay, that's a funny joke that demonstrates the problem of this rich man having all this power. But it's just him shopping to, like, the, the funny music. The dun, 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 dun. And you're like, okay, what does this achieve? What do you do? Like, if it all achieves is filling time, that's not good. Hot take. It's oh, a very I, hot take. It's a pretty standard take. Lukewarm take. Lukewarm take. I think the shopping outro is pretty lame, and I don't think there's a good reason for it. But I, I like the Rupert Murdoch gag. I feel like that's that is the kind of cynical punch that the show does, and, and it, it is more direct in a way that I think you would theoretically appreciate, Robbie. Uh, here's the thing, Andrew. I don't know. This might not be fair on by my on my part necessarily. However, I'm I am going to say. The, okay, so the Simpsons, they, 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 for the most, for the vast majority of their life, they w were owned by Fox, aired, and they still air on Fox, regardless of who owns them. And they have made Rupert Murdoch millions and millions and millions of dollars, many times over. Every single cent that crosses through the Simpsons, a portion of it goes to Rupert Murdoch. Luckily, not anymore. Now it's just to our Lord and Savior, Mickey Mouse. Praise so, be his name. Praise be his name. Please. May I have some Marvel movies next year, Mickey? Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Praise. So saying his name and then staring at the camera pointedly going, eh, get it? Because he owns us and he's what we're talking about. Like, I guess in 2004, it wasn't as like, was, I don't 
you know, I was an, I was 18 and kind of dumb, so I wasn't as tuned in politically as I am now for sure. But was Rupert Mur- like was it Fox News wasn't as much a thing then? It was it was a thing. It wasn't certainly the the massive media as it is now. Is like is this? I don't this again. Not that cutting. It's not. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it changed the joke to say, oh, yes, no one could be that evil besides Rupert Murdoch. At least that would be something rather than glowing admiration. See, but I disagree because I feel like it makes the point in a somewhat subtle way that, oh, yeah, peop- you know, this entire episode is about a billionaire slanting the media that they own to flatter them. And then they're pointing out that that's what, you know, at least implying that that's what Rupert Murdoch has here. I, I feel like it's it's... It's more cutting than you guys give it credit for. And look, I mean, again, it, it's 2004. Like, I I think Fox News had more than become a thing by that point, albeit not to the, the heights it is now. But I, I at some point, if they're not going to do a, like, hour-long special about why Rupert Murdoch is terrible, there is nothing they could do. There is literally nothing they can do from a satirical show standpoint that is going to be able to counterbalance. You're right, making hundreds of millions of dollars for for Rupert Murdoch. And so but I I don't think that makes jokes about it off uh off point and I think biting the hand that feeds and pointing out the hypocrisy and the uh you know satirical edge of their own corporate masters is deep in the show's DNA. I'm, I'm pleased to see it. Again. Uh, um that's this episode. I don't know. I I Andrew, I think you I don't know. I'm very interested to see what you think about how we rank this episode, because inevitably, I think this has happened like the past five times you've been on this episode. Oh, yeah. You, this episode, on this podcast, you say, you, you we generally, me and Matt are mean and say terrible things and talk about how bad the episode is. And you're like, no, that was funny. And I laughed here and they tried this and you're glowing. And then we get to the ranking. And me and Matt, eh, we're like, we're like, okay, it goes here. And you're like, I would put it way lower, like 30 spots lower. And we're both like, <laughs> what are you talking about? You just talked about how much you like this episode so much. So I'm interested. I like a lot of episodes, Robbie. Yeah, you like stuff, Andrew. I don't, what is this? <laughs> I guess I just like liking things. No, but that's the thing is I feel like I, I, I think the, the episodes are good. And I think maybe my floor is lower. I'm like, oh, that's good. But I'm like, oh, but these are all better. <laughs> I just think they're neat. But that's, that's also how it goes. I'm like, oh yeah, it was great. Send it to the bottom of the list. <laughs> it's not going to the bottom of the list. No, no, no. Those are ones that we actively hate and want to hurt the people who wrote them. This is somewhere, you know, a few spaces above that. I, I think, that I hear, I'm, I was very mean, I think, during this episode. But largely, it's it's these episodes that I think frustrate, can frustrate me a lot is simply because they get very close. Because this episode has a lot of really good stuff in it. It has a lot of good Lisa, a lot of good Lisa character moments, a lot of like it, the plot is coherent for the most part. And it, it, it has a single plot. Um, I would complain that Marge has like three lines in this entire episode. She says nothing uh, and nothing of substance for sure, um, which you'd think in a Lisa episode and Lisa needs support. Maybe she could go to Marge for some of it, um, but we don't get that. But it's it is mostly on like on rails it's it makes sense homer just i just but then i i like i'm not this is not like me putting on an act to hate the episode like whenever homer shows up i legitimately go i 
want him off the screen. I hate him. And I don't want to hate Homer. I want to like Homer. Well, Robbie, you, you can like an older Homer. This is the new modern Homer. It appeals to all the cool kids. <laughs> He's got a new hat. <laughs> uh, we'll rank the, the show. Matt, you gotta ask me a question. Oh, sorry. Uh, Robbie, is this episode broken? I don't think so. Not in the strictest definition. My gut says no. Well, no, I, I don't think this episode is broken either. Mainly because it has at its core a good reason to exist. This is a good episode that Simpsons are maybe not uniquely qualified, but eminently qualified to comment upon, you know, media consolidation and whatnot. It's just, it uses the procedures of the mid-teen seasons uh, to come up with something that is not as good as it should have been. There are ways to make episode a lot better, and I think we talked about a lot of them. Uh, so it's not broken, it's just, you know, you just gotta add some bits here and there. And cut away a few bits. It's flawed, not broken, as, I, as I've said. Even if it's pretty big, I mean, it, it, its main flaw is its his name is Homer Simpson. The episode was well, getting yeah, it's, it's it's the writers who write Homer Simpson this way. It's as I as I said earlier, the episode was getting too good. Let's have Homer show up. Oh, that's gonna be, put that on my tombstone. All right, let's move on to our next segment. It's time for comments of the news group. Okay, here we are. Alt dot nerd dot obsessive. Constant News Group is where I come through the nohomers.net forum, see what people thought of the episode when it came out, and throughout the years, honestly, because you can still register at nohomers.net and review an episode. People often do. They go back when they rewatch and they'll post their thoughts. Um, hey, Andrew, I have a question. What do you think people thought of this episode? I would guess that people liked it. I would think they felt favorable toward it. Oh, no, wait, no, it's Lisa-centric, so no, yeah, they're going to they're gonna hate it. Yeah. We, I forgot do, about that. Do you have one more? Do you have any? Do you have a, a third counterbalance? No, no. Okay. I'm, I'm landing. My my firm position is that because it's Lisa centric, they're not going to like it. You are incorrect. You were right. Your first. Uh, your first. Oh wow! I'm pleasantly surprised. They, everyone really, 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 really enjoyed it. Oh, overwhelmingly positive. Not as our not our most positive yet, but forty six percent five out of five, thirty five percent four out of five. So vast majority of people really really like this episode. Uh, most reviews also very glowing. Very very few that were even average. Most were positive. Uh, enjoyed it a lot. Uh, first one is a great way to end the season. It was good to see Burns as his old evil self again. There were a couple of jokes that failed most of the first act, but a lot of jokes worked. Also a great Rupert Murdoch joke. Good story, everyone in character, and a great ending. Make this a fantastic episode. Also, I think we found out that Don Payne is more talented. Grade A+. Plus. I mean, that's a writer's room, guys. That's one person that's not responsible for this episode. There's a lot of people who did it. Um, next, least episodes are almost always good, and Burns episodes are almost always good. Put two and two together, and you can make a good guess that this episode would be good. And it was. Not the best episode ever, but still very good. I missed the first act, so maybe I miss. Okay. I missed the first act. <laughs> that explains it. I, what, so what, awesome. what are these people like? I I thought it was great. I didn't watch a third of it. What do you, if you want? You go see a movie. I oh, I missed the first half hour, but I liked it. What is? This, what do you mean you liked it? You you watched some of a movie. You can't just say oh, I I watched some of it. I thought it was what I saw was good. Some uh, people watch movies that way, Robbie. What? Who are these insane people? <laughs> watch. I mean, there's people who aren't obsessives who have to be like, nope, 
turning off my phone, darkening the living room. I'm going to watch it from beginning to end. I might pause to go to the bathroom, but that is it. What? It's a story. You got to know all the parts. You might, there might be a, something in the, the beginning that foreshadows a thing that happens at the end. Yeah, I'll figure it out. Oh my, I, how? How do these people live? They have lives and friends and interests. I, I wouldn't uh, recommend it. I doubt this. Uh, I mi- I missed the first act, so maybe I missed some extremely bad or extremely good parts. I didn't watch some of it, so maybe that stuff would color my influence, my opinion. But uh, uh, this episode would fit into the classic era perfectly, even though it wouldn't measure up to the best of the time. There's humor, satire, great characterization. Everything in episode needs to be good. A minus or 4.5 out of 5. Round it up to 5 out of 5. I give the two-thirds of the episode I watched a 5 out of 5. Whew. Yeah. Final review. I'm surprised at such a positive response. I guess it would take me a while to judge how you guys respond to what. I was sure you'd tear this one apart. That was rather tame for a season finale. There was a fair amount of laughs. Not nearly enough, though. Some jokes were cringeworthy. Did enjoy the League of Evil bit and also the Mr. Teeny bit. I watched it again after it was over, and I do admit I liked it a little better the second time around. Maybe I'll like it even more a few months down the road. The last joke in the shopping pictures just felt lame. Three out of five. Here, here, Mr. Person from 2004. Wouldn't give it a three out of five, though, probably. Yeah. I'm, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a two out of five gentleman on this one, which only a total of eight people voted for two out of five. A two point per, two percent of the people voted for two out of five. So well, Robbie, they, they, they didn't much. realize that they were in the doldrums. They thought, oh, this is going to be like this forever. I guess this is average. So here you go. Um, I mean, again, I said this last week. Some of these people are they keep watching. So. They're there. They're on a Simpsons news group in the end of season 15 after all these stinkers we've watched in a row. So the people who have self-selected out of this pool are not like the people who hate it have stopped watching at this point. I've stopped watching at this point. I don't I'm not. Andrew, when did, did you when did, do you know when you did you ever stop watching The Simpsons and then pick it back I up? Never, I never fully stopped. I just got less committed to watching. So, like it never fully went away it just became more of an ebb than a stream okay that's fair but it was it was definitely around this same time like there's definitely episodes from this period that i've gone back and watched and said to myself like oh, i vaguely remember this but i think if i watched this once it was a lot yeah same and i think that's the th- a lot of things with these reviews just like we have to th- keep that in mind uh, but with that we king in move on to our next segment it's time for the listener question of the week Let's try one more number. <gasps> Yellow. KBBL is going to give me something stupid. Well, hot dog, we have a wiener. Yellow. Our listener question of the week this week is, what is your favorite quote ever from The Simpsons? Which, And for any reason. You think it's funny, you think because it, it affects you, because you use it a lot. Any answer is perfectly acceptable. Matt, take it away. All right. Uh, from Tim. I'm embarrassed to admit this, Matt, but from Matt, Boy Scouts in the Hood. I don't know where where I don't know where you look at it, but that is not the that is not the beginning. Oh, sorry. I saw your uh, little marker thingy. <laughs> Scroll a little too far. Sorry. Uh, from Lauren. Marge, when I get home, I realized who I should have gone to the prom with. Homer, who? Realizes. Oh, my prom date. Marge, poor Vu. Why so glum? I've got a problem. As soon as you stop this car, I'm gonna hug you and kiss you, and I'll never be able to let you go. And I never have. This quote sums up Marge's and Homer's relationship, and it's simply a lovely moment. Also, my parents always hugged at the end of this episode and said it was true for them as well. Now that I'm an adult, it brings me hope and comfort. 
uh, from Tim. Uh, I am embarrassed to admit this, but from Boy Scouts of the Hood, Homer's unrestrained glee and learning. There's a new Mexico uh, from Matt. Homer, oh, I have three kids and no money. Why can't I have no kids and three money? Amen. Uh, from Benjamin. What was that? I said amen. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, from Benjamin, weaseling out of things is important to learn. It's what separates us from the animals. Except the weasel. Uh, from Gun Griffin, it's something that's it, if something's hard to do, that it's not worth doing. Uh, from Alex, my favorite quote is simply yet effective. Grimy. I'm better than okay. I'm Homer Simpson. This encompasses life as we know it because we all want to strive to be Homer, a man who eats lobsters, went to the space, and lives in a mansion. I don't know how to call the Simpsons home a mansion, but it is a really nice house. Hey, 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 Matt. Don't, don't, I don't want you to hear you question Frank Grimes. All right? Robbie, I don't know if we've gotten to this, but Frank Grimes had a lot of questionable decisions in his uh, life. So, uh, yeah. You... Name one. <laughs> <laughs> Working at the Springfield Nuclear Power Plant. All right. All right. I don't want to hear any criticisms of Frank Grimes' life. All right. He had a hard life, Matt. All right. Uh, he did. It seems he had zero luck at all. Anyway, from Anthony. Uh, my favorite quote's got to be from my favorite episode, a totally fun thing that Bart will never do again. Lisa, sure, life is full of pain and misery, but the trick is to enjoy the few good things in the moment. Homer, yeah, stupid, stop thinking about having fun and habits. <laughs> Not a funny quote, but something I needed to hear at the time. Life wasn't easy growing up, and I always looked at the negative more than the positive. I was also one of those kids who would look at people playing outside, having fun, and thinking, what's the point? We're all going to die anyway. Ever since that episode, I enjoyed the little moments more and changed my mindset to, if I'm going to die someday, at least I had some fun. Uh, that quote has always stayed with me and changed the way I lived and looked at life even more so in 2020. That quote changed my life, even though it's not one of the funny ones. I right, watched that episode when I'm having a bad day. Also, Robbie, I will buy every single one of your books if you can give me a logical reasoning how they got out of Antarctica. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So here, uh, I'm not going to pass up a sales opportunity. Uh, I can't give. I don't know if Anthony, if you've read under, underneath my my not my horror novel that takes place. Uh, in Antarctica, but I can't give away the, the true full answer because it would spoil the book. But a helicopter, a helicopter, and uh, all-terrain vehicles—you know, like it's not. I've done a lot. I did a lot of research in it, travel in Antarctica to write a book about Antarctica, and uh, the danger really. Like you can easily fly around Antarctica. There's plenty of people who do it using helicopters and airplanes. There's a lot of travel back and forth all the time. It's mostly just m moments, and the weather is very. Uh, the weather is very unpredictable, and so you have to pick and choose your moments when you are traveling, and you get isolated very easily and get cut off. So let's say when you're isolated in an Arctic research space, and bad stuff happens, and people go crazy, and uh, you know start going crazy and killing each other, there's no, there's no help coming. You're all on your own. But when the weather clears, you can get out of there. It's not too hard. Well, there you go. You had it from the master That's, again, of Antarctic... Uh, Life underneath by Robbie Dorman, available on Amazon.com. <laughs> it's a good book. You should read it. It's my it favorite. It's, it's a really good book. It's my favorite of mine, actually. Oh wow! Surprised he doesn't know about every book as it comes out. But... Sales opportunity, uh, Matt. You can't expect everyone to again. You don't, don't, you don't deride your audience for not buying your books because they might still buy your book. You gotta give them a chance. I, I will. Right. Sales opportunity over. Please continue. All right. Uh, so from at i9 I hate every ape I see from chimpan A to chimpan Z <laughs> don't we all don't we all uh, from at Alan Mason 19 Homer wait I'm confused about the movie so the cops new internal affairs was setting them up I use this all the time without the word movie when someone tells me a long winded story I wasn't listening to that's a really good idea I might have to steal that uh, from at Jaden Lebron uh, you've been out gallivating around with that floozy of your brother of yours haven't you haven't you look at me which haven't we all been out 
uh, gallivanting with the floozy of bigger brothers we have <laughs> uh, from at real Sean Smith. Homer on scene, his car covered seashells. Sweet, merciful crap. Uh, from at Davy Bremel underscore Y. Thanks, I got it off a hairdryer. Uh, we all get our best stuff off of hairdryers, right? Uh, from at Tyler TMC. Dad, you killed the zombie Flanders. He was a zombie? Uh, from at Woosman 316 Ship. He embiggened that role with his cromulent performance. I think we all have to say that every time we see a good TV show. From at future Mrs. Resner, Millhouse, how come you got a social worker? I'm the one with stigmata. I think with a stigmata, you get a priest rather than a social worker. So at least that's something. Uh, from at L Columbia 88, to alcohol, the cause of and solution to all of life's problems. Which, true now, as it was then. Uh, from at hippie 200, I'm going to go with the one I use the most every day. I've got problems of my own right now. Oh boy, this is going to get worse before it gets better. It usually does. Uh, from at yes, it's Aaron. Talking out of turn, that's a paddling. Looking out the window, that's a paddling. Staring at my sandals, that's a paddling. Paddling the, the school canoe, oh, you better believe that's a paddling. Uh, from at Just Ruiz 1, meh is always a good one, but I will go with I used to be with it, but they changed what it was. Now what I'm with isn't it, and what is it seems weird and scary to me, and it will happen to you. I really feel this quote all the time. It's true. If you ever felt you were with it, Eventually, you won't, and it'll be sad. Luckily, I've never felt with it, so I don't care. <laughs> Let it change. <laughs> uh, from at Energy Turtle, you can't hide from me in this house, Bart. I spend 23 hours a day here. Now that I'm a mother, I find myself quoting Marge more and more. One of my favorite things to do is rhyme Keister with Meester. Fair. Uh, from from Derek. Robbie, just, just, say, just, say, just say Derek. It's close enough. Oh, from Derek. Okay. Uh, since almost every line in the classic era is pure quotable gold, I'm going to go with a line that resonated with my mom recently. A few weeks ago, we watched Homer Defiant together, and mom laughed during Marge's prayer when she said, um, oh, the next time there's a canned food drive, I'll give the poor something they'd actually like instead of old lima beans and pumpkin mix. Uh, during our weekly shop, I noticed mom putting fancier biscuits and things in the charity food basket on the way out and said, is that because of Marge? Funny that a small line I never really noticed before affected my mom and is now something we quote to each other weekly. Classic Simpsons really is quite special, isn't it? And it is. It is. Robbie. What's yours? Um, speaking of Frank Grimes, it is it is my favorite. It is my favorite scene in Simpsons history. It's my favorite quote in Simpsons history. It's not really quotable. It doesn't make sense out of context. But it is my my. It's it is Frank Grimes. It is Homer's enemy when Grimes goes to over to the Simpsons house for dinner, and uh, I'll just start with. We, you know, we get the tour of the house and Homer showing all his pictures of uh, Homer with President Ford and him on tour with the Smashing Pumpkins and a picture of him in outer space. Grimes, you went, you went in outer space. You. Sure. You've never been. Would you like to see my Grammy Award? No, <laughs> I wouldn't. God, I've had to work hard every day of my life. And what do I have to show for it? This briefcase and this haircut. What do what do you have to show for your lifetime of sloth and ignorance? What? Everything! A dream house, two cars, a beautiful wife, a son who owns a factory, fancy clothes, and lobsters for dinner! And do you deserve any of it? No! What are you saying? I'm saying you're what's wrong with America, Simpson. You coast through life, you do as little as possible, and you leech off of decent, hardworking people like me. If you lived in any other country in the world, you'd have starved to death long ago. And Bart's line is my favorite. He's got you there, Dad. 
I just <laughs> Bart is it's Bart. Bart makes it. If Bart wasn't there to say it, it would that is not nearly as good. Bart's little hmm. It's like a perfect. Uh, I love it. Uh, Andrew, what's your answer? So I'm going to cheat and give two, one funny and one serious, so you're going to have to bear with me. The funny one is, come on, Jimmy, let's take a peek at the killing floor. Don't let the name throw you, Jimmy. It's not really a floor. It's more of a steel grating that allows material to sluice through so it can be collected and exported. It's just such a good... A good Simpsons swerve, and then they just layer it on. It's it's a beautiful joke. It's excellent. Uh, and the, the serious one is from Marge in Moaning Lisa, and it goes, I take it all back. Always be yourself. If you want to be sad, honey, be sad. We'll ride it out with you, and when you get finished feeling sad, we'll still be there. From now on, let me do the smiling for both of us. It's just such a, a sweet and earned sentiment between the two of them, and I love it a great deal. Matt, what's your answer? Uh, I want to go with actually something from a guest star, and not one of the better guest stars, but it's one that I thought just it resonates with me so well with this show. Hello, I'm Leonard Nimoy. The following tale of alien encounters is true, and by true, I mean false. It's all lies, but they're entertaining lies. I should have copied and pasted this better. Uh, I don't remember him saying that. In the end, isn't that the real truth? The answer is no. I just I feel like that's the the perfect example for what the simpsons have tried to go for it's like is this the re- accurate no but it's entertaining it isn't that the real truth no but it's still worth watching <laughs> no it's not any of those things um next week's question what is your favorite moment from season 15 and when it ended is is it a perfectly acceptable answer because that, that might true. it might be mine <laughs> oh boy uh, post this question on our Twitter. It's at Simpson Show Pod. Simpson Show Pod. You can email us at SimpsonShowPod at gmail.com. And you can find the also on our Patreon, which is patreon.com slash The Simpsons Show. I post this publicly so you don't have to support us to see it and answer. We can move on to our next segment. It's time for the No Google Trivia Challenge. I am too smart. I am too smart. S-M-R-T. I mean S-M-A-R-T. The No Go Go Trivia Challenge is where Matt and I each challenge each other with three trivia questions, one easy, one medium, and one hard, and try and stump the other. Matt has an eight-point lead on me going to the final episode, which normally would occlude me from winning. However... That's why Robbie wanted to bring a guest on. I, like, yeah. The I'll win. Drama's important, Matt, all right? Uh-huh. We, I, there has to be a possibility for a victory for people to tune in, all right? Okay? I understand how... You know, it's a story, it's storytelling. Come on. You understand. Uh, and people definitely tune in for our our trivia. That's I mean, why. some not people the commentary about the episodes. I mean, some people I think tune in and don't necessarily like the commentary, but they do like me yelling about trivia. So I assume. <laughs> okay, but it's not with Andrew here. It's possible for me to pull out a victory. Not probable, but it is possible. All right, fair enough. Give me an easy my, question. My greatest claim to value is mathematical feasibility. <laughs> <laughs> Matt, what's my easy question? All right, your easy question. In the crepes of wrath, what do the French winemakers put in the wine to age it prematurely? Uh, antifreeze? You're correct. He didn't go blind. Good enough. Good enough. Your questions are all... From Girly Edition, Matt, speaking of. Oh, of course it is. Girly Edition. What is the name of the news program the kids host? Uh, I 
believe it's Kids News. How's it spelled? Oh, uh, K-I-D-Z-N-E-W-Z. You're correct. You didn't have to get that right, but I do think that was funny. Uh, (laughs) All right, your medium question. Just like the Hardy Boys. (laughs) Yeah. That's the wrestlers. Those wrestle boys. What nickname for Principal Skinner is first used in this episode? Spanky. Oh, damn. Okay. Thought that would take you longer. I don't. I. I don't know how often it's been used since, but I do know that that, that is where they, where because that's where because Burns gets not Burns Bart gets ex, expelled because he throws cherry bombs in the toilet. Um, there you go. Your meme question: What is the name of the man who feeds ducks and Bart's people? Um. Well, he does. He doesn't feed ducks. He feeds a. He just throws bread on the ground. But you know, you know what I mean. Yeah, I know exactly what you mean. Uh, this is blank. Those ducks over there is Frank. No, Joe. What are you doing, Matt? Come on. Give me an answer. Okay, I'm going to say old Joe. It is. You were, you're, I don't know if you did this, like, if you, like, your brain was trying to work this out or not, but his name is Joe. Is it Joe Franklin? It's Joe Banks. Joe Banks. Okay. So not, you're, you got, you got almost, you almost got there, but... You're Frank. Right, it, right. it rhymed. Yeah. I mean, Matt. All right. We got a, I oh. got dramas building. I can feel it. Uh-huh. All right. Your question, your hard question. Mm-hmm. What are the names of the two French winery owners that take Bart in? I would say Jacques, but Jacques is another character in season one of The <laughs> Simpsons, so it's definitely not Jacques. I, I want to say it's like, I don't think I know this. I know they are very, like, French names, because, of course, they're French, so they have to have very French names. They can't just be named Jacques. Um, I, wanna, I also want to say Emile, but Emile is, a, that's, again, a different... Okay, we can't... Okay, um, Emile is not really French, either. Um, is it? No, it's not. Um, I can picture them so perfectly. It also helps, I think, they were in... They were in that... In, they were in season 32, or, or that episode. They were. They? That's they, where I got this question from. Okay, okay. Uh, I don't remember, Matt. I have no idea. All right, it is Cesar and Ugolin. Cesar and Ugolin. Ugolin. That's quite a name. Your hard question, Matt. Ugolin. Googlin. <laughs> I, I retract that. I, good, good try, Andrew. You know, you went for it. I'll give you. I give you for that. Like it's that's terrible, but that's I, what I do. You did try. Um, your hard question, Matt. What segment does Millhouse host in Kids News? So, uh, I know the the one segment we are uh, that is um, uh, how to make it seem like you didn't wet your bed, but I don't know if it has an actual name. It does have an actual name. It's on a placard okay. in the corner, just like a, a you know. Okay. It's in the you know it's in the uh, upper upper right, like a news show does. Right, right, right. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, Millhouse's thoughts. It is news you can use. With Millhouse, of course, but it's news spelled with a Z. U spelled Y O O, K N is spelled normally, and U is spelled U Z E. Jesus. <laughs> well, I have, I have gotten within six points of you, Matt. So again, I've not yet been mathematically eliminated. Andrew, I assume you have questions for us. I do, and they are all news-themed questions. Oh, good. Who who would like to go first? Um. Let's, let's give Robbie a chance. Let's make him feel good. All right, so so Robbie, you'll go at the bottom of the inning? Sure. 
So Matt, your easy question. Who is Springfield's preeminent news anchor? I mean, I'm assuming you're talking about Kent Brockman. Yes, that is correct. Robbie, your easy question. What other Channel 6 reporter usually files his dispatches from the station's helicopter? The Arnie Pie. That is also correct. Arnie Pie in the sky. Matt, your medium question. What is the name of the other sporadically recurring Channel 6 news anchor who hosts the station's laugh and a half segment? Oh, um, is it Scott Christian? That is correct, Scott Christian. <sighs> oh my god. This is Scott Christian with laugh and a half. I can't. Exactly. More dumb luck in the news. You can't. <laughs> Robbie, your medium question. Mm-hmm. What is the name of the print journalist for the Springfield Chopper who's most famous for photographing Blinky the Three-Eyed Fish? In my day, we didn't talk to elders like that. I don't remember. I have no idea. I know ooh, what he looked like. What is his name, Matt? I want to say it's Dave Sutton. Ah, you're so close. It's Dave Shutton. Shutton. Oh. You're so stupid, Matt. How can you not get that right? I know. Yeah, I have Jesus. In that what name is wrong that I've with never you? seen printed. You're such an idiot. Matt, your hard question. What is the full title of the Channel 6 segment featuring investigative journalism barked by a cartoon dog mascot? Oh, God. Arf, arf, um. arf, 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 <laughs> arf, arf, And now a word from the Church of Latter-day Saints. Yes, that's the part I remember. Um, <laughs> uh, I, I, I'm just going to say bark back with Kent Brockman or something. I don't know. You're, you're in the ballpark. It's... Bite back with Kent Brockman and his Channel 6 consumer watchdog human. Wow. They needed so... to lengthen it so you could have as much barking as possible. Yeah. Robbie, your hard question. Mm -hmm. In Lisa versus Malibu Stacy, what quote unquote important news was Kent Brockman working on when his daughter encouraged him to write about the Lisa Lionheart doll instead? Uh, was it seatbelts, car seatbelt, watch uh, report or something about that? It was not. It was the 40th anniversary of Beetle Bailey. Beetle Bailey. Beetle Bailey? God. <laughs> Oof. Well, you were right about the Berlin Wall. <laughs> I don't... I don't... How... That... How, is this... Is this what your brain is doing when we're... When I'm watching these new episodes and complaining about them? You're going, like, remembering season five and Beetle Bailey lines that I have, have completely yep. escaped my mind? Stop remembering old TV and get back to work. <laughs> <laughs> so, final tally for season 15 is... We both got four points today. Uh, so, again, Andrew's Andrew being here only helped Matt. Did not help me whatsoever. So, thanks a lot, Andrew. Appreciate that. I'm tough but fair. <clears throat> I know. You're supposed to... <laughs> The $100 I sent you was for, you know, wink, wink, nudge, nudge. I'm still waiting for those Simpsons uh, slap bracelets that you're supposed to be sending me. I, unfortunately, uh, when I moved from Canada to the United States. They were seized at the border. They they just vanished. And <laughs> they, weren't, they, were, they were not seized at the border. They were in a box somewhere that was not packed by me. And God knows where they went or were destroyed. I don't know what happened. I, I, there, unfortunately, you can go buy, like, I, I probably will eventually buy a, like, a, another massive lot of them, which, cause they're made in China for like six cents a piece, I think. So, 
Oh, sir, that's contraband. We don't allow those sorts of violent American jewelry over here. <laughs> it was from the other way around. It was from Canada to the U.S., so that joke doesn't work. How dare you ruin my humor with the truth? <laughs> but Matt has won, wins 50 to 42. Uh, Matt will pick a, a charity, and I will uh, I will support it. And I encourage you to do the same once Matt has figured that out. I will not put him on the spot. Um... We can move on to our final segment. The segment we end every single episode with. It's time for best episode ever. Best episode ever. Best episode ever is the part of the show where Matt and I rank the episodes categorically. So we watch them chronologically, eventually compiling a list of every episode ever and how good they are. All right. Let's see. Let's see. Hmm. Mm -mm 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 -mm. I have no idea what to do with this episode yeah because it's one of those where it's just good enough to not be anywhere near the bottom but it's not actually good enough to be with a good episode so it's like uh where does it go i mean i would put it solidly in the 200s but beyond that uh, i don't know yeah i just oh my god take my wife's sleeves and there's break my wife please why do the simpsons do this why do they title episodes so close to each other? Yeah, I hate it. Um, just, just like the Max Powers episode is definitely the title called Maximum Overdrive. I, I, yeah. ma Maximum Homer Drive and what's the actual Max Power episode name? No idea. I can't remember now. Andrew, why did I you just do, blanked my own brain with why, <laughs> why did you do this? Homer to the Max is the Max Homer, a Max Power episode, Maximum Homer Drive, since where Homer becomes a trucker. Ugh. And we're not even, we've only done two, okay, 300 plus, okay, there's still so many. I think this is better than Take My Wife's Lees. I think it's better That's, than, that seems better than Special Edna, better than Sweets of Sour Marge, better than Insane Clown Poppy. I mean, now we're getting into season one episodes. Yeah, the lower the lower tier of season one kind of sitcom-y, the very sitcom-heavy season one episodes, Matt. Eventually, Matt, we're going to have to have a day. We're going to have to have an episode. It might be a Christmas episode at some point where we do some spring cleaning on this list. Oh, really? I think so. Because we've lost all sort of context at certain points, some of these earlier episodes, because <laughs> we haven't watched them in a long time. And we might have to reconsider Remove things around. I don't know if we should, but I feel like we should at some point because there's so, so we've, we've gotten here. It's kind of muddled in this area in particular. It's right in here that it's the most muddled. I think our top 100 is completely fine, but I think in the in the very bottom of the list is completely fine. But this middle ground, basically from like 250 to to 150, is kind of all messy. I don't know. Um. Is Viva Ned? Okay, today I am a clown. Is this better than today I am a clown? Um, hmm. I would probably say yes. There's a lot of stuff I did not like about this episode, but that one is just—I don't know. It's it's a great big joke on Krusty, and it's it doesn't feel like it's fun enough. This one actually feels like they had a good message and they just screwed up with some bad decisions. I mean, that's exactly how I would describe Today I'm a Clown, to be fair. True. Because Today I'm a Clown is a, it's a, it's a season 15 episode. I think it's another one that is has a lot of promise in it and does some good things and then also makes some really boneheaded decisions um, that take away from it. 
self-inflicted wounds. Um, I, this is not better than Bart the Genius, though. I mean, I'm that's no, a hard, hard hard line in the the hard line in the sand for that. I don't think this is better than Bart the Genius. I think it is better than Viva Ned Flanders. I think it is better. Hmm, is it better than the Old Man and the Sea Student? Hmm. What is the old man and sea student again? I was just I typed I was just searching just to make sure I'm right about it, and I am right. It is the the Bart volunteers to help grandpa. Oh, that's right. For some reason I, I always see that and I think of uh Lisa and Mr. Burns with the Because it's Linda the Burns old man and the Lisa, because they do this so many <laughs> <laughs> They do this so much. And people are I get I literally get emails like, you guys mess up episode titles. I'm like, I, I you we've done three hundred plus of these damn things, all right? And so many of these episodes are titled exactly the same, and the episodes after season ten are all mush. They all are the recycled plots. I can't keep all this stuff straight. Um I I would say this is mm, better. Is it? Ugh. I think this has more substance well, to it, but old, season, old man to see soon. I think it's a little bit more fun. Um, it also has this the Olympic mascot of uh, Springy. I like I like Springy a lot. Um, I'd say I think today I'm a clown is better than this, and I think. I think this is. I think Old Man and Sea Student is better than this. I think this is just below that. That's fair. I mean, I don't really like Old Man and Sea Student, and I, I, I think I'm forgiving this episode more for the message it, the episode it tried to be rather than the episode it is. So it's best that you uh, pick the final spot. I, I am. That's what I just had. A, I had that. I had that. This, this discussion in my head, man. As I was thinking about this, I'm like, like. It's better than Viva Net Flanders. That's that's easy. But Old Man Sea yeah. Student isn't a, isn't good, let's say. But I think I laughed more at Old Man and the Sea Student. Like I didn't. Again, I did not laugh at this. I just didn't. And yeah. I think it's trying to do interesting stuff. And I think it achieves a little bit. But eh, that's what I get. This is like a very. Eh, it's fine. It's fine. That's and that's how I feel about Old Man's Day Student, but I would also say that Old Man's Day Student is just it's kind of a lark, it's kind of fun, and Homer I can't I cannot state enough how much I hate Homer in this episode. Yeah. So it's brutal. It's brutal. Andrew, what, uh, let's get the verdict. Are we being too nice or too e too easy on this? So I this is one of the rare instances I was gonna put it higher. It's it's tough for me because I like a lot of the early early episodes better than you guys, but some of the post classic ones uh, not as much. So I was looking around one ninety seven or so, like below Bart versus Thanksgiving, but above Smart and Smart. You're a madman. <laughs> I've been called that many times. Yeah. Um, that's the new number two thirty one on the list, right below Old Man C Student, right above Viva Ned Flanders. First on the list is still a Homer's enemy. Last on the list is Codependence Day. It will take quite a doozy of an episode to unseat Codependence Day as our worst episode. Don't know if it'll happen, frankly, but it's not impossible. Not impossible. There's always there's always terrible surprises in wait with the post Golden Year Simpsons. They're always there, ready. Ready to strike. Still have bar rags and Lady Gaga to look forward to. I was to. gonna say the bar rag, Lady Gaga, both they called out Lady Gaga in the in the new episode, this season thirty two premiere. 
Marge, uh, Marge insulted her. She, she never came back. She never she came back. friends like those. Exactly. Um, we have one more important question to answer, though. And that is, should we shoot this episode out of the cannon? The cannon! The cannon! The cannon! The cannon! The cannon! So, Matt, is this episode part of the canon? Honestly, I feel like there's no reason for it not to be. My default here is to say yes, unless there's a really good reason for it not to be. And honestly, this episode, except for Burns acting like a snake and getting hooked on mother mole milk, uh, <laughs> everyone is pretty much themselves. I, I mean, we have Homer being stupid, but he's barely in it, thankfully. And this is Lisa at her Lisa's and Burns at his Burnsiest. And so, yeah, I think it works. I reluctantly agree. <laughs> I don't want it to be. I want better episodes to be in there, but this is what we got. I mean, I think there's part of this is also like what is our canon for the show doesn't include this. And I think, yes, it does. Like, again, like you said, the show, this episode doesn't it does like I think because it is mostly coherent because it mostly works and it has enough good in it to keep it around. I think largely that is at the end of the day, the primary question I come to is like, does it have enough good in it to keep it around? Doesn't have to be all good. Doesn't have to be mostly good. But does it have enough? And I think yes, it does. So it is a part of the canon, absolutely. No, we do not fire the canon today, even though I really want to at some points. Can I just fire Homer out of the canon? Ideally, in this this episode in particular. Yep. You, you can fire the canon at Homer. That's that's <laughs> been a thing. It has. That was they did an episode about that. I remember that was a good one. <laughs> We're not quite there yet. That's we have three more episodes before we get to Homer Palooza. I'm sure we, <laughs> but we have another another topical episode to talk to. I would talk about because we're gonna move to the top of our list and, and work our way down through what we haven't decided yet. And we're at the Itchy and Scratchy and Poochie Show, uh, which the Simpsons have become, <laughs> unfortunately, because yeah. that's Homer. Homer's Poochie. Yeah, of course it's part of the canon. I'm not even gonna ask Matt. Yeah. Yeah. Otherwise, we would have to completely reconsider our stance on so many things. So. No, Itchy and Scratchy and Poochie Show is the best of The Simpsons doing self-parody. It is, it is, it, and it's, frankly, it because it's so good, it makes this Homer look worse. Because they made fun of this very thing not too long ago. I guess it was, it was seven seasons ago, so that is quite a while. But if you had a child, a seven-year-old child is a different between a baby, so pretty big difference but yeah of course but itchy and scratchy poochie is a great episode isn't it a good episode guys remember that it's a wonderful episode if only we could have Fantastic. more like that it's lovely it's it's funny it makes a lot of jokes about cartoons it's got uh, a speedo man in it it does it does have rostify him about 10 percent <laughs> oh god <laughs> i just like i like just to sit for just a moment and with my memories of those great episodes um, you can find this list on our website. It's thesimpsonshow.com. It has uh, the, the whole list there embedded. So you, you can just look at it and ponder how wrong we are about why we ranked episodes so high or so low, depending on whichever episode we're talking about. Um, you can find our links there to our Twitter, to our RSS feed, and to our Patreon if you want to help out the show. Uh, support us. Give us a couple dollars a month to pay for hosting. And also get a bunch of bonus material, a bunch of bonus podcasts out of it. Go check it out. That let's see. We have you know, what, what, what I forgot. I've been forgetting to do this lately. Our next episode is the first episode of season six, season sixteen. 
we move into a new new season and we begin with the trios of horror which this is uh, this is a trios of horror i do not remember at all i don't think i've ever watched it this really is, this is we are entering season 16 i have probably seen less i've not seen most of these episodes i'm guessing Huh. These, this is completely unknown territory. This is after I, I season fifteen is the last season I watch regularly. I probably haven't seen most of these, so these are all going to be fresh for me. So we'll see how it goes. It's okay. I'm hey Andrew. Okay is perfect. Like I'm okay with that. I'm happy with okay. Frankly, like I'm ready for okay. Give me some algae mediocrity. I'll take I, it. I remember. Each segment being a little bit worse than the last, but it's been a long time, so I, I will be I will tune in and be curious to see what you guys think about it as always. Well, that's next time you can watch along with us. Uh, that'll do it uh, for us. You can find me online on Twitter. I'm at Robbie Dorman, and my website is robbydorman.com. Includes links to all my stuff, my other podcasts. Uh, all I do so many. The Handsome Boys Comics Hour, it's about comic books. The Serial Finesse, it's about a bunch of nerdy things. Both Matt and Andrew have guest starred on that podcast, so you can go check that out. My newest podcast, Cartoon Graveyard, is about watching old cartoons and talking about them. It's very fun. Check that out. Give us some reviews. We need them. And you can purchase novels. My newest my newest horror novel is War on Halloween. Great for, for October. Great for the spooky season or in good spooky Halloween tale uh, it's about a family fighting for, ha- for Halloween in a town controlled by a sinister reverend with secret occult powers. You can find it on Amazon.com and read it for free with Kindle Unlimited. Andrew, where can they find all the stuff you do online? Well, they can find links to all of my writing from all across the web at my website, which is theandrewblog.net. That's three words, theandrewblog.net, where right now you can read my review of the South Park Pandemic special for Consequence of Sound. And soon you'll be able to read my review of Sam Raimi's The Evil Dead for TheSpool.net. Uh, and you can always find me on Twitter at the Andrew Blog. So thank you guys so much for having me on, as always. It is always fun. And I am glad that your voices are out here upholding Lisa's spirit from this episode. So very happy for that. Um, is that the, the original Evil Dead movie? Yes, the 1981. Okay. Uh, Raimi wasn't involved in the remake, was he? I don't know what they titled. He might have produced it, and then they still call it Sam Raimi's The Evil Dead, just to, like, trick you, to make you watch it. I don't know. Also, there was a TV show also called, I think, is also, so I don't know. That's true. That's true. So I have no idea. I'm just clarifying. I'm interested to see what you say about The Evil Dead. It's the original. It's good. (laughs) I like it. You should try it, Robbie. I'm sure you've never seen it before. No, I've, I've, it's it's I, not I, your kind of movie. I I, I I do enjoy the Evil Dead. I am more of an Evil Dead 2 man myself, but Evil Dead is still good. It's just a very, it's a little bit more straight-laced. Um, Matt does not participate in social media. You will not find him. Uh, that is true. Uh, at this point, I would just like to say that the only way to uh, talk to me uh, is by voting. It turns out I have an algorithm, so all you have to do is vote and make sure all your friends vote, and I will be able to decipher your message from that. So please, for the love of God, go vote. Yeah, that's a good idea, Matt. Hey, if you're listening to this and you aren't registered, your deadline is probably coming up to register, so do that. And if you don't, if you haven't, if you weren't planning on voting or you don't have a plan to vote, you should do that because it's very tenuous this year. So go do that. I encourage uh, voting in vote for local for local elections as well. It's the thing that a lot of people overlook, especially 
yeah, you gotta make sure your local guys are or and girls are good, good people that you endorse. Who signed? I'm Ravi, and I'm Matt. And keep watching this episode.